The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It was not the result we wanted as the Eagles fall in the Super Bowl 38-35 to city chiefs i had the whole opening monologue planned for if the eagles won and i didn't really think through what was going to happen if they didn't because i didn't think it was going to happen i was convinced that the eagles were going to do this uh, i'm going to be joined today on the post game reaction show welcome in everyone that's here instead of watching all the hoopla on the tv nobody wants to see the chiefs celebrate so uh, welcome into the instant reaction show i'm joined today by john stolness john we're gonna try maybe There's so many things in the game that I should talk about, and there's so many things that I want to analyze because that's my (laughs) style. But all I find in my heart that I want to do is complain about the officials in the field right now, and I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to try to hold that in check. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to succeed, but John, this seems like a stupid question after a Super Bowl loss, but how are you doing right now? (laughs) I'm trying to decide whether... It was more difficult to lose this way or if they'd just gotten beaten 35-21 or something. You know what I mean? Like this, I, I think the reason we feel that way about the officials is because you knew the Chiefs were going to take the lead there at the end. Mahomes goes down the field and has that incredible drive after an incredible second half where Andy Reid is just schooling Jonathan Gannon. And, you know, the Eagles, you know, they, they, they get that uh, game-tying touchdown two-point conversion and you feel the momentum swing and you're just hoping the defense can get one last shot at it. But Mahomes does his thing. He moves down the field. He gets them into field goal position. But the Eagles defense stiffens up at the goal line. Andy Reid turtles and decides, I just want to kick a field goal. I don't don't want to do anything else. And is rewarded for turtling up when the officials bail him out with that. I guess by the letter of the law, it was a hold on James Bradbury. But in that situation, how you throw the flag in that spot is beyond me. And, And the Eagles denied a chance to try and make a phenomenal football game even more of a classic by by going down the field. So it's the Eagles very well might have lost this game anyway, right? The 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 official's decision, the ref's penalty call doesn't meet wasn't the reason the Eagles lost. But it denied them a chance to try and tie the game with a very realistic opportunity to do so. They would have had the ball with like a minute 40 left and no more timeouts, but plenty of time to just get into field goal range and force overtime. And at that moment the officials decide that they want to be a part of the game and they want to be a part of Super Bowl lore. And so now here we are. The Eagles are denied that chance. The Chiefs kicked the gimme field goal 
and that's it. It's it just feels like it was we were robbed of an opportunity to try and to to try and tie things up and and to get one last shot at it. You feel like the rug was pulled out from underneath you. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, I felt like I mean this was an instant classic sort of a game, right? And honestly, and all bias aside, it's the best Super Bowl since the last Super Bowl that the Eagles were in. You know, there's been a few clunkers over the years. The the Bucks 49 or the excuse me, the Bucks and the uh, Chiefs Super Bowl, even the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, there was some late, you know, excitement, but not the best games. And uh, last year's game was good, but this game was just a great game. Uh, opening kickoff to the very end, it's a great game, and I, I could have handled losing. It's it is a tough pill to swallow to know that the Chiefs should have been kicking a field goal with a minute 45 left, and you get Jalen Hurts with a chance. And he may or may not execute it, but with a chance to go on a game-winning or a game-tying drive, and that's just disappointing uh, to to walk away. It just feels deflating to spend. You know, since September, you've been building to this the the biggest game, the most important game of the season, and to play it on a crappy field that people can't even <laughs> yeah. walk on without falling down, that? and then for it to be decided like that—that's that's just awful. And that, not to take anything away from the Chiefs. The Chiefs' offense played incredibly in the second half. Uh, the Super Bowl was well-deserved by them, and it would have been well-deserved by the Eagles if they would have been able to pull it out. It was, it was a fantastic game. Um, I think Eagles fans should walk away with their heads held high. Uh, this was a special team, and you know it's reminiscent of some other teams in the past that were special teams and just didn't get the ball across the finish line. And It's very, very difficult to win a Super Bowl, but uh, I'm proud of the team. I, I'm very hopeful for the future. You talk about the future. Patrick Mahomes threw for 182 yards in this game. Jalen Hurts threw for 304 yards and a touchdown. He rushed for 70 yards and three touchdowns. Like a fumble aside, and that's very uncharacteristic from Hurts. Hurts played almost a flawless game, and it just wasn't quite enough. And there were there were you no know, little things, and they add up over the course of the game. Uh, I thought one of the biggest mistakes and not revisionist. I, people always think I'm like uh, hindsighting this stuff because I stream it. I live stream these games. And so I'm like 30 seconds behind. So when the, when the Eagles sent out the punt unit on that fourth and two before the Kadarius Tony return, I was like, why J just go for it. You need two yards. And of course I think everybody else already knew it had been a return, but I didn't know that go for that. Like Nick Sirianni, I feel like would have gone for that all season long. Patrick Mahomes had scored all three times. He touched the ball that half. You hadn't slowed him down. Like it's two yards. I felt like that was an uncharacteristic decision from Sirianni. And, and that's one that really came back to bite them. Yeah. I mean, I think the theme of this game up until the fourth quarter was Sirianni's aggressiveness and how it paid off versus Andy Reed deciding not to go for it on fourth and short right before the missed field goal. And it seemed like the Eagles were going to be rewarded for being aggressive, for not turtling up in those situations. And it didn't work out that way, you know. And when you watch Jalen Hurts play the way he played in this game, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in this game for for most of it. Putting the ball on the ground and and handing the Chiefs seven points. I mean, there were that was a that was a crucial mistake. Um, it probably was the difference in this game when you think about how the rest of the game played out. The Eagles were on the field. The Eagles' offense was on the field 
I think the I think I saw the Chiefs had ran eight plays over the course of an hour and 25 minutes in real time. And nobody could have said, well, it's only a 10 point lead. And then the Chiefs get the opening kickoff and they they score a touchdown. And all of a sudden it's like it's a it's a, a three point game. And how can that be when the Eagles offense has been on the field? Well, you handed them seven points and and essentially that is, you know, the Eagles lose by three. You don't hand them those seven points. The, it's it's a it's an Eagles victory here in this game, and not only that, you know they had all the momentum. Maybe you get on, you score. It's twenty one seven. I mean, it's a four, probably a, it's an, it's at least a seven point swing, if not more than that. So that's that's what I keep coming back to is Hertz played brilliantly. He probably was the most valuable player in this game. If 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 the Eagles had won for sure, and maybe even overall, Patrick Mahomes was amazing. It's hard to it's it's hard to take anything away from what he did, but what Jalen Hurts did, he played he played better than anyone could have reasonably expected. And the way he was able to lead them on a touchdown drive after fumbling the ball, I thought just showed, showed you everything about him and that touchdown drive and two point conversion after they give up the long punt return for the touchdown with the defense, absolutely cratering. We've seen how many teams have we seen just go into the shell there? You know, you fail to get a first down, the, the game's over at that point. You could just feel the Chiefs pulling away. And yet Jalen Hurts goes down with Devontae Smith on that long pass. They score the touchdown right after that. They get the two-point conversion with Hurts just apparently the shoulder looking like 100% in this game, plowing through defenders to get into the end zone. And unfortunately, that's the last time he touched the ball. The defense not able to get a stop the entire second half on Patrick Mahomes, unlike in Super Bowl 52. When the Eagles defense couldn't get a stop on Brady the entire game, except for the Graham strip sack. That's that's what we were missing in this game. We were missing the strip sack. No pressure on Mahomes the entire game. No turnovers the entire game. I said it leading up to the game. I thought the Eagles were going to win. I thought it'd be comfortable because I thought the defensive line would get pressure on Mahomes and it just never happened. Yeah, the the one more thing on Hertz, and then yeah, we'll we'll move on here. Hertz is just he's so good. Man, he's so good. And I was not a big believer in Hertz coming into this season. I said it was about 60-40. I thought that the Eagles would have a new starting quarterback next year, and man, was I wrong. The, the leap that he took this year, and even in this game, like I, I, there was one play I tweeted out. It was a third down, and the Chiefs brought the Chiefs brought uh, a free runner from the top of the screen uh, the, off the left side, and it forces Hertz to bail right into the contain guy coming off of the right side. And he's able to spin back around. He gets out of both of those guys. Like the chiefs got the exact look that they wanted. And it just didn't matter because Hertz does his little spin in the pocket and he's outside the pocket directs traffic and gets a first down. So, you know, stuff like that, uh, that, that throw that he put on the money to Dallas Goddard, like there, there is like a six inch window that ball could have been in to give Goddard a shot. And he put it right there. Like when he threw that, I I saw at the snap that before they disappear on the broadcast view, I saw that corner open up in a cloud technique. And as soon as Hertz threw that, I thought, oh, there's a corner right there. And it just right over the fingertips, just incredible ball placement from Hertz. He, he stepped up to the moment. He didn't shy away. And, and, and of course we expected him not to shy away. He, he's shown that all season long, but he hadn't looked great throwing the ball in the postseason. And there were maybe some injury things playing into that. But in this game, he wanted the ball. He he ran the ball. He was lowering shoulders. He was putting passes on the money. He's a gamer. And Eagles fans should feel very comfortable uh, paying him whatever he's going to make this offseason to make him your quarterback for the next 10 years. Uh, he's that good. And the Eagles are going to be relevant as long as Hertz is here. And so 
uh, that's something that can go, you know, Eagles fans can hang their hat on moving on. You mentioned the defensive line. Obviously, we thought it would be uh, the historic pass rush, right? And there were some vulnerable matchups. And I told people all week that the, the Chiefs' interior offensive line is really, really good. You could argue they're they're the best in the league. You could argue the Eagles are the best in the league. One of those two interior offensive lines are the best. But the Chiefs' offensive tackles were vulnerable. And there were zero sacks. There were five QB hits in this game uh, from the Eagles' pass rush. Now, uh, I thought that a little bit of that is probably related to the field conditions as hard as it is to cut, you know, it's hard to explode out of a stance and bend around the corner. So I think, you know, I think there's a little bit of that at play. And when your weakness, you know, the matchup advantage is on the edges and then that's what you're playing in that really hurts you. And the inability just to push the pocket up the middle, there was a couple times they got pushed. There was a time or two that it was like, they got a push on Mahomes, but he was able to get out of the pocket as Mahomes does. He's so good. Uh, he's so elusive in the pocket. And, and that was my concern. You had to be able not just to get pressure, but to get him on the ground. And the Eagles didn't get him on the ground once. And I think a lot of people are frustrated with the coverage in this game. All season long, the coverage has been a byproduct of the pass rush. Like those things are married together. You cannot cover consistently for three seconds in the NFL. Nobody, nobody can do that. Sauce Gardner can't do that. Darius Slay can't do that. Whatever insert top corner here can't do that consistently. And so when the pass rush didn't get home, there were just windows. And Mahomes is so good at dissecting that stuff. And, of course, Hurts hurts the same way. Hurts deserves to be mentioned in that breath for his passing performances. But I really thought the Eagles' defensive failures, it didn't start with Travis Kelsey covering him. It didn't start with how you covered Juju Smith-Schuster. It all started up front in the trenches. Yeah, the defense just terribly disappointing on the, on the defensive front. And you, you do. I you think you hit the nail on the head there. You do have to give the, the Chiefs' offensive line some credit there. They, they balled out in this game. They really, really played well. Hassan Reddick um, didn't get a whole lot of uh, sniffs on, on Patrick Mahomes. Josh Sweat wasn't able to generate a whole lot of pressure. Um, and that was the key. I mean, they had to get to Mahomes. They had to get him off his spot. And even when they did do that a little bit, he still, he is as good as advertised. I mean, he's going to be in the hall of fame. Uh, you know, he's the first MVP league MVP to win the Super Bowl since I think, uh, it was uh, Kurt Warner back in 99. So, um, you know, he, he's, he is all of that. I mean, and he's got the second best head coach, maybe in NFL history, uh, coaching him right now. And, um, they're a magical combination. There's only so much the defense can do. Uh, I did I did expect more from this defense. I thought Cincinnati's defense did a better job shutting Mahomes down last week than this defense did, and I thought this defense was more talented. I, that's one of the reasons I had so much confidence in them and their ability to slow down Patrick Mahomes. And in the first in the first half, they did that a few times. You know, they really did kind of, especially as the Eagles were starting to generate momentum towards the end of the first half. They 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 started to, with all that rest after having not been on the field. They started to get to Mahomes a little bit. They made some adjustment adjustments at halftime, the Chiefs did, and the Eagles were never really able to to figure it out. Those two touchdowns went on uncontested receivers. That was all scheme, right, Shane? I mean, they just you had Eagles defenders running in one direction, and all of a sudden the Chiefs are throwing it in the other direction. And uh, it, I think we are going to be left with the question of Jonathan Gannon's ability to stop good quarterbacks. We we've been talking about it all year. Like you mentioned, the defensive line has to get home, but um, on in weeks in which you're not able to get home, do you have another 
card to play? Do you have something else up your sleeve that will confuse a good quarterback? And Jonathan Gannon, once again, he had been, I think, getting a lot more popular in Philadelphia over these last couple of weeks with the way they were able to to cause so much havoc. But uh, against a really good quarterback, once again, Jonathan Gannon's defense was not able to get the job done here. Yeah, I thought Andy Reid did a fantastic job uh, scheming up his plays in the second half. You mentioned that I think they got two touchdowns off of that motion what they were doing, they were motioning an outside receiver in just just even with uh, the slot receiver, and they were they were just messing with the Eagles' coverage rules. Are you pushing the coverage and switching? Because that's what you do if they cross. They didn't cross; they're stacked. And you know that you saw that on the first one. Slay Slay pushed the coverage and went to the inside guy, but Maddox stayed with the inside guy, and you just have a guy wide open in the flat and. Then they ran a similar concept to the other side of the screen on the next touchdown. And the motion, it it puts so much stress on your coverage rules. And there's no excuse not to be prepared for that, not to be communicating that. The Eagles had all 11 defensive starters healthy. This was not Josiah Scott in the slot who's not used to playing next to right. Darius Slay. This was not something that was new. I, mean, I talked about it all week that the chiefs use pre-snap motion a ton at one of the highest rates in the league. So this was on tape and you were healthy and there's maybe you get a coverage bust or, you know, a miscommunication, but to be, to let Andy Reed run circles around you at that point, that that's, you can't do that. You're not going to win a super bowl. You can, you can win a super bowl doing that, but you can't fumble. Like every other aspect is going to have to be totally perfect. You can't fumble for a touchdown. You can't uh, punt on a fourth and two. And if your play, if your de- if your plan to win the Super Bowl is score a touchdown every time you touch the ball on offense, because our defense can't get a stop, well, then you're me playing Madden online, and that doesn't work very well. So. Yeah, and so so the and I don't think this Eagles team is going to be as talented personnel wise next year on defense. You're they're they're losing a ton of players and. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see certainly how Howie Roseman is able to rebuild the defense and what Jonathan Gannon will be able to do to do with it. But um, when you rely and you know what, this is a double edged sword, too, because I remember when Jim Johnson was uh, coaching up the defense, he was a blitz happy guy like uh, Steve Spagnuolo, you know, former protege of Jim Johnson. And there would be games, especially late in the playoffs, where teams would be able to diagnose these blitzes. Good quarterbacks would be able to diagnose the blitzes and the Eagles didn't have another trick up their sleeve. You know, they they weren't able to they weren't able to counterpunch. And there are going to be games, you know, you just you're not able to counterpunch. And, and when you're when you're up against a quarterback and a coach that's just really on the money when they really know what they're doing. And, and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed are that. So um, I wish I had, I wish the superstar defensive players had been able to figure out a way to make a big play. I, I wish big play slay had been able to figure out a way to make a big play. Bradbury had been able to make a play somewhere. Uh, CJ GJ had a couple big hits, but you, you would like to have seen him to make a play for somebody on the defensive line to get home just once, one time, one or two times, just to get home to kill a drive, kill one of those drives on third down, and that third down ru- that run by um, by Mahomes on that final drive, where he pulled away from some of those guys as he's running down the field, that still boggles my mind how that was able to happen. And that part of that is Patrick Mahomes, the magician, but uh, it just it it felt like they were one step ahead of everything the Eagles wanted to do, especially in the second half and. 
they got one, the Chiefs defense got one more stop than the Eagles did. That, that again, that fumble return for a touchdown was the one difference, really the big difference in this game. I thought both offenses were equally dominant against the opposing defense in this game. The def, their defense got, got seven points for them. And that to me was the difference in this thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's how, how you how a game is remembered. It does come down to that final result because Chiefs fans will not spend the offseason complaining about Steve Spagnolo. Even though his defense got eviscerated in this game, it, it ends up, it comes down to the results. And, you know, one thing I did not expect in this game was we talked about the Eagles' advantages in the trenches coming into the week. The Eagles' running backs averaged 2.6 yards per carry in this game. Yeah. Yeah. The Chiefs averaged over six yards per carry. And I knew the Chiefs would be able to run the ball well because you're going to be concerned about the pass with Patrick Mahomes. And and Mahomes' passing yardage was down because they were taking what the defense gave him. It's so important to be able to do both. Um, I feel like the NFL swung in one direction where passing was all that mattered. And you see teams like the Bills that are struggling to get over the hump because they cannot run the football. You look at the Eagles, and it was really clear from the start of the game, the Chiefs, they wanted to load the box. They wanted to force the Eagles to throw the ball, and Jalen Hurts did. He took advantage of that, and it's so important, in my opinion, uh, to be able to do both things. And as we think – well, well, we'll hold the as we think about next year conversation for, <laughs> for later. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Why don't we bring in Rachel here and let's get a temperature check on what's going on on Twitter. Uh, we've got the comments rolling in here on YouTube. Appreciate you guys for joining us, uh, working through your feelings with us. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Twitter has to say. Rachel, you tweeted out our three words or I'm, I'm sure people are handling this in a very rational way and, and all that. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, we always talk about who's getting fired, you know, following each game. And it's not me, definitely- is it? It's not you. Okay, You're good. Gonna go it's not you. But we're seeing a lot of people talking about, of course, the refs. A lot of people are calling for the NFL to get fired. And, of course, Gannon. And so, like you guys said, it sucks to see. I, going into this game, really wanted to see a big performance from Hassan Reddick. And that sucked to see, like, just them not being themselves. I love this comment here that Ed said, you know, Jalen Hurts, you guys already talked about how he had his best game probably of the season. But this game was determined by the defense and it just was not the Eagles defense we've seen all season. And so that sucks, but I'm seeing a lot of fire, Jonathan Gannon. A lot of people are saying they're done with the league. Hope Gannon leaves. Um, I feel gypped. I feel cheated. And so, yeah, it really, you know, the sucky place to be in. Yeah, it is. It is so unfortunate that that call essentially decided it. 
Um, but the Eagles had plenty of opportunities. There's so many, so many margins. You, you cannot let as frustrating as it is. And I'll rant. I ranted about it on Twitter and I still am very upset about it, but you can't ever put yourself in a position for it to come down to an official throwing a flag or not throwing a flag. So, um, it, it, it just sucks. It's a, it sucks. It's an empty feeling here, sitting here, having lost a Super Bowl that was well within grasp. And yet it was such a special season. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys. This was not my expectation when the season started. I, I expected the Eagles to be a 10 to 12 win team win the division. I obviously didn't expect the NFC East to be as good as it was. And I, my barometer for success was Hertz being the guy and winning one playoff game. And so for the Eagles to go on the run that they did, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm walking away overall. I mean, I'm, I'm upset tonight. I'm disappointed, but I think I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be happy about how this season as a whole went down. Yeah, I mean, I think you can look to the future and you, and you see, especially on the offensive side of things, that this nucleus is going to be around for a while and, and you can kind of rely on that. And I think we've seen that Howard Roseman can build a defense in an offseason. It's going to be a little bit harder because you're going to be paying Jalen Hurts a whole lot of money. And Jalen Hurts earned that money all season long. He especially earned it tonight. Uh, I thought some of the character things we saw from him in this game just shows you how off the charts he is. But then when you couple that with the, just the incredible improvement we saw from him this year, you know, Rob, was it Robbie gold who said, you know, they can't win if they make Jalen Hurts stay in the pocket and throw the football. Was that, was that, that idiot this week? Who Robbie gold. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I mean, this guy has showed you all year. He can beat you in different ways and he did it in every way possible here in super bowl 57. Um, so yeah, I mean the future is bright for this team. I agree with you. This was this was not my expectation. I think I had them maybe going an extra round in the playoffs, but um, that wasn't until like right before the season started when I saw how stacked the roster w- was getting around Jalen Hurts. And my thought was, can this roster lift Jalen Hurts? And I think, honest to goodness, Jalen Hurts lifted this roster um, as good as it was. Jalen Hurts was as better than anyone could have ever dreamed he would be. And I just, again, in this, on this stage, in this moment, 24 years old to play the way he played again, to overcome the fumble and take that team down the field to score that touchdown on that in the fourth quarter, when they, when they fell down by eight points, when you just get, when you get kicked in the stomach with that punt return and Kansas city has all the momentum to, to steal that much of it back and give yourself a chance. I I think I'm going to remember this team fondly because of how they played in this super bowl, largely, you know, they, they showed that they belonged. They deserved to be there. They were every bit as good as the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. They were every single bit as good as Kansas City in this game. Were it not for the for the fumble, and again, bad luck in, in a lot of ways on that play, just dropped the ball. I mean, how that's almost never happens with, with him. And then the official robbing Hurts in the offense from a real opportunity to go down and try and tie it uh, with under two minutes left. Those are the things that make it feel empty. And that's what I feel. I don't really feel angry or sad, I feel kind of empty. It's, it feels like it's a hollow feeling knowing that you could have had a chance to make it an even to, for Jalen hurts to have one more opportunity to, to, to do even more. And I keep wanting, I keep thinking we're going to get another game next week. You know, like they're, they're just so, they were so much fun to watch this year. They were so efficient. They were, they were so dominant the entire season for it to end this way on, a, on, on an official's call, robbing you of an opportunity to get one last shot and possibly force overtime, maybe even win it in regulation. Just it, it really, really stinks. But, you know, you they, this team 
you know, blew a 10 point lead at halftime too. And that's important to remember that the, the only, the second team in Super Bowl history to blow a 10 point halftime lead. And, um, you know, it's so many emotions in, in the immediate aftermath of this, you know, there's a little bit of anger. There's a little bit of disappointment. There's a little bit of emptiness. And, um, you know, I thought the, I thought that this game had a really interesting script chain. I think you mentioned the running game, the chiefs mm-hmm. ran the ball, like the, we expected the Eagles to in, in this yeah. one. Um, but the Eagles then decided, okay, we'll th- we'll throw the ball, and it was just more again of their offensive personality. You take something away, we do well. Okay, we'll go to one of the other two things we do really well, and and they did that here in in this Super Bowl. Is I think if you played this game ten times, you'd have the Eagles win five and the Chiefs win five, and they probably would win them in all different ways. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it was a coin flip game, and that's what it comes down to a lot of times when you've got two teams at that level. As you think about, you know, moving forward, it's hard not to be excited about this team. Obviously, as somebody mentioned in the comments, it's off the screen now, and I don't remember who it was, but the Eagles have the number 10 pick in the draft, and they're going to have the number 30 pick in the draft as well. Uh, So they're going to have, yeah, there it is. Jonathan said that on YouTube, uh, have the number 10 pick. And so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about what the Eagles are going to do there. And the core of this offensive roster comes back, you know, regardless of what, Jason Kelsey decides to do he's we have his hand-picked successor Devonta Smith is back AJ Brown is back uh, they're gonna have to figure out right guard because Isaac Sayamalo is a free agent they'll have to figure out running back but that's plug and play so the core of the offense is here and as we saw tonight offense is so much more important than your defense because the best defenses come up against the best offenses and they get exposed and that's just the way football's played in 2023 and so uh They've got some work to do on defense. They've got capital to do it. Uh, nobody's better at loading up a roster in the offseason than Howie Roseman is. So I'm excited to see what this offseason process holds, you know, to get into draft scouting and all of that stuff. We're definitely going to have plenty to talk about and plenty to be excited about. But we're going to we're going to wallow in this one for a few days uh, before we get into that. Yeah, I'll just say this. I, I I'm. I'm very glad the Eagles won Super Bowl 52 because can you imagine losing this game this way if they were still looking for their first Super Bowl title? If this was if they were 0 for 3 coming into this and you have a 10-point halftime lead and uh you you get robbed of an opportunity at the end of the game by the referee to get, try and go down and, and tie the game and you lose the Super Bowl that way and you you go to 0 and 4 to I, to I, Andy Reid winning his oh, second one oh. not in Philadelphia. Can I mean the the city would be I mean, the city's apoplectic as it is, but I mean, I would fear for the general psyche of the of the fan base in the city at, at that point. You know, I mean, so thankfully, it stings less because they do have one. Nevertheless, this is going to hurt for a little while. Um, this is again going to make it feels empty that that it ended the way it did. But I think it'll be important to you know just for our own sanity and our own health to to think of the positives from this game. And there were, there were so many of them, the way, the way Devonte Smith and AJ Brown played in this game with huge catches down the field hurts is a uh, deep ball precision passing in this game was unbelievable. He could add another one to Quez. If Quez doesn't slow down on the route uh, and, and, and makes a catch, you know, get Quez off this football team. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done with it. I don't better. know. I don't know when he turned into Jalen Rager, but I'm done with Quez Watkins to, to everybody out there listening to this later, I, I've already posted a mock draft or two because I have fun with those and people yell at me for taking a first round receiver. Get off my back. You can clip this and I'm going to keep posting it every time someone comments 
when I draft a receiver in the first round because Quez Watkins should not be on this roster and the Eagles desperately need a third receiver. Yeah, that's a big thing that they need to get this offseason because really Quez turned out to be kind of a non-factor and actively hurting the team in, in many different aspects uh, during the course of the the last, basically the second half of the season. I'm surprised Zach Pascal also didn't get a little bit more run. You know, they brought him in here as a free agent. He was one of the first free agents they signed this offseason because I think they thought he had some real value there. But uh, I mean, the offense was not the problem in this game for sure. I, I, th- I my, my score prediction was 35 to 20, so I got half of it right. I thought the Eagles would... <laughs> Roll up five five touchdowns or so. Uh, I I definitely you know and and that's the legacy of this Super Bowl. It was the performance of the defense. You know the fumble return for a touchdown and the performance of the defense. One stop. Um, you know the, again the difference. The Brandon Graham strip sack in fifty two is the difference. We didn't have that moment from the defense here in this game, and 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 that was the difference. They just couldn't get that one stop when they needed it in the second half. And again. With an assist from the official, that was it. Yeah. I, do you listen to uh, New Heights podcast with Jason and Travis yeah, Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah. So they they had their parents on and, and interviewed them leading up to the week, and Mama Kelsey said that she was just rooting for the offenses because they were trying to get her <laughs> to to say who she was going to root for, and she said she was just rooting for the offenses. Well, Mama Kelsey is proud because uh, <laughs> it was yeah. an offensive explosion. Well, and I will say this too, uh, James Bradbury making some comments. He's obviously being, um, be, you know, being questioned by reporters after the game. He he said it was holding. I tugged his Jersey. I was hoping they would let it slide. So you can argue the the officials probably at the end of the day, maybe let him play a little bit, but the man himself says it was holding and that they were right to call it. Uh, Nick Sirianni also taking the high road on that. Um, which again, I think also tells you some of the character of the guys on this team. Uh, James Bradbury is a free agent. I would love to see them bring back uh, if, if it's at all possible. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's not, again, we're going to be thinking about that, that call. We're going to be thinking about that yellow flag for the rest of the off season, but it's not the reason they lost this game at all. Uh, it's just uh, it's, it robbed them of the opportunity to try and win it in the end. Yeah. I think it's safe to say you're not going to see, uh, Jake Elliott going on talk shows saying that uh, there were a lot of holes in the Kansas City <laughs> offense right. and the officials didn't let him play and you're not going to have uh, AJ Brown talking about how the Chiefs are trash and so uh, I do respect that and I really respect him being able to say that right after the game because I never fully appreciated how your just emotion is instantly captured until I started doing a live post game show because by the time I get to recording a midweek show, I've had time to get distance and decompress and watch the tape and compose my thoughts, hopping on a live mic right after the, sh- right after the game ends oh, yeah. in that emotion and trying to talk through that. Uh, I-, I respect a lot Bradbury being able to step up and say that whether he believes it or not that he said that and, and, you know, it, Jason Kelsey sets the tone in in the Washington game earlier this season with the questionable uh, roughing the passer call on Brandon Graham. And, you know, he, he came out and he said, I don't want to hear anybody talk about officiating because we never should have been there and it should never come down to that. And so I, I, I appreciate that a lot. And it says a lot about leadership from the top down, from Jason Kelsey, from Nick Sirianni. Uh, the Eagles have a special coaching staff. They've got a special locker room atmosphere and they got a culture that's that's here to stay. 
Yeah, I mean, we've heard about it all week, how, the, how detail-oriented the coaching staff is and how ready to play they get these guys and, and how well-coached they are. And you can see that in this game. You know, they were they were well-coached. They were ready for the moment. And that's, that's a big takeaway from this game, too. The Eagles go out on the opening drive, and they go right down the field and score the opening touchdown. They just they were they were ready for this game. They were ready from the opening kickoff. And for a team that only had, I think, what, five players left over from Super Bowl 52, they didn't miss a beat. And I will give credit to the Chiefs young players, too. The the Chiefs, I thought the Chiefs secondary guys did a pretty good job in this game. They got beat deep a couple of times. But overall, I thought there were a number of plays where, where Hertz was was looking to throw and they they had things covered up. And frankly, uh, the Chiefs defensive line got more pressure on Hertz than the Eagles defensive line got on Mahomes, which, again, is a big storyline from this. But, you know, this team was ready to play this Super Bowl. They were ready to come out. Maybe they could have done a little bit better in picking cleats for the players. But <laughs> other than that, they had this team ready to rock and roll in Super Bowl 57. And it it really did take when we step back and we think about it, it really did take a heroic effort, heroic effort from Patrick Mahomes on what I can't imagine what his ankle must have felt like a heroic effort from Patrick Mahomes for them to win this thing. And that's what we said. You know, the, the, the big storyline coming into this game was can one superstar great Hall of Fame player beat a superior team? And the answer in this game was yes. That's what we saw happen. The Eagles, I think, were the superior team. But Patrick Mahomes was so good, and he's he is so iconic, and he is he is that Hall of Fame talent player that he was able to will that team and find ways to win even on a busted ankle. It's it's we're not going to think about that as much because we're Eagles fans. We were going to think about the official. We're going to think about the fumble and all the other different things, not being able to get pressure on Mahomes, but. For Mahomes to do what he did, especially in the second half on that ankle, which, again, couldn't have felt good to play on, I think cushions the blow for me a little bit in, in, in losing this game. It was, a, it was an effort that I don't think there's another quarterback in the NFL that would have been able to pull this game out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's why he's the best. And I had Eagles fans unhappy with me for saying that as much as I said it this week. But he's the best. He's the best guy in the He's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And... I firmly believe he's the best quarterback that's ever played the position. Well, I mean, there's not a thing that he can't do. I mean, mm -hmm. he doesn't run quite to the same degree as Hertz, but we see he's certainly mobile enough to evade pressure in the pocket, to roll out when he needs to, and then to pull away from the defenders running behind him on a 25-yard scamper on a busted leg. So he can obviously run a little bit when he needs to as well, but the throws that he makes under pressure, sidearm, through helmets, between his legs, behind his back, it's really amazing. And he just processes everything so fast. He knows exactly where to go with the ball, and he has got a magician behind him in Andy Reid who I really thought Andy would would do some dumb things in this game, which I guess I'm just, I f was flashing back to his time in Philadelphia when there would be a playoff game every year where, where Andy would go galaxy brain. He didn't do that in this game. He was a step ahead of Jonathan Gannon in this one. And these two guys have formed quite a combination. Even when Andy Reid is still too conservative with some of his play calls, they should have gone for two, by the way, after, oh, absolutely. after, after going ahead by seven. I mean, Andy Reid was... The Eagles were not rewarded in this game for being smarter and for being more aggressive and for doing the things that you should do. Andy Reid was rewarded despite doing some of those things, but he made up for it in the ways in which we knew he was a superior coach in the game planning and the scheming and how to use the guys, how to use, frankly, I think a, an offensive group that is, was less talented than what he's had the last few years without Tyreek Hill there to totally reimagine it and get his quarterback into situations where guys were freed up 
virtually the entire game. Really, it, he did a phenomenal. Those two guys did a phenomenal job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all the credit in the world to the Chiefs. Their third Super Bowl appearance in the last five years, I think it is their second yeah. win. Uh, makings of a dynasty in Kansas City, and hopefully the Eagles will get a shot, another shot. Well, they will get another shot at them. They play next year in the regular yeah. season. Uh, there is a high likelihood that that becomes the season opener now that it was the Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. But uh, so we'll, probably we'll see the Chiefs early next year. Hopefully we see them again in February. So, uh, John, I think that's about all I've got to say about this game. Do you have any any final thoughts about the game or any any parting shots to put out there? Not particularly. Just time heals all wounds. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a Phillies guy as well, and the World Series was really painful. And the few days after that, and kind of as time has gone on, you can look back on a on an unexpected run like this with, um, really with more positivity and and remember the remember the good moments. And you know, maybe we'll be able in a in a year or two to look back on this game when it pops on NFL Network, and we'll be able to watch it without being sad and realize it was a classic. This this team has been involved in two classic Super Bowls here in these last six seasons, and. Um, really it's it, this, this organization is the gold standard in the NFL. I do believe Jalen hurts will be back here with this team. It might not be next year, but it might be. And I think, you know, you could lose this game and still feel good about things moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I echo all of that. Uh, Eagles fans hold your heads high. It was a special season. It's a special team and everything is looking up for next year too. So it's going to be sad to say goodbye to some guys with potentially Jason Kelsey, uh, maybe Fletcher Cox. You're probably going to lose Shane Steichen. So there's going to be some turnover, uh, especially on that defense and in the coaching staff. But they're like, like Mello just said on YouTube, there's so much to look forward to in the future. So the Eagles fall to the Chiefs 38-35 in an instant classic Super Bowl 57, I think it was, matchup. I need to really practice reading Roman Roman numerals, numerals are tough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the Eagles unfortunately fall, but it was a great game. It's been a great season. I want to thank all of you guys that have been hanging out in here with us for the post-game shows every single week, downloading the podcast, listening to everything that guys like John and I have to say. Uh, each and every week. What we do is so much fun because of you guys. So uh, really appreciate you guys for being here, even after a loss, hanging out with us. Uh, hopefully we're going to have some fun off-season content headed your way over the next several months because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've already got that countdown going in my phone to September. I, I can't wait. I I'm addicted. Football's the only sport I really care about, and so I can't wait to get back. So we'll help you guys pass the time this off-season. Uh, keep it tuned here to BGN Radio, to the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page. Like I said, a lot of content coming in this off season. If you guys have ideas for fun shows or things like that, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. You got a creative idea. You're like, hey, this would make a good podcast. Let me know uh, and maybe I can make it happen for you guys. So uh, again, thank you all for joining us. Uh, John, thank you for jumping into the co-host chair for this podcast. So for me... And from John, Rachel, from BGN Radio, the whole crew, you guys stay awesome, and we'll see you next week. 